Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to episode 102 of Sexology Podcast. I hope uh, you're having a good holiday season. As I shared with you guys before, I was out of country. I went to Patagonia. We, we took this hiking trip for 14 days and I just returned yesterday and it was just such a wonderful experience. I uploaded the story on my professional Instagram page. You know, many of you guys were following me through this trip. It was it was truly amazing to connect with nature. We saw beautiful volcanoes. We uh, hiked near glaciers, and uh, we went to Saya. And it's just it was all around a great experience. I'm gonna post some videos and images in my Instagram account. So if you want to check out part of the images that I took during the trip, you can check out my Instagram page. Today, we're going to talk about five tips on how to improve your sexual confidence. And spoiler alert, none of them is around losing weight and buy or buying this product or doing that. All you would need to improve your sexual confidence uh, you already have. So we're going to talk about techniques and tips. This is going to be a solo episode. So it's going to be mainly me sharing with you the findings I found, uh, the findings I found in various studies and also my experience of working with lots of female and male that I work with in my sex therapy practice in Los Angeles. Without further ado, here are the tips. All right, first tip is improving your self-image. So notice I didn't say like your body image because, you know, one of the common themes that I see, at least in my clients and my friends, is that they say, you know, I feel more sexual when I lose weight. I feel better about myself after I get this breast augmentation or after, you know, I do this drastic diet and being a eating disorder therapist, I know that's I shared with you guys in the past, that's my other specialty, is that I'm very skeptical when people say these things. Because what I usually see is people lose their weight or even worse, they kind of get in, stuck in the yo-yo dieting and they feel like a failure and they feel like they cannot feel sexy unless their body is a certain way. And that's unfortunately is a myth. Feeling sexy is about the power, the power that comes from liking and accepting yourself, regardless of what weight or shape do you have. And I can prove it to you in a sense that in the literature, in studies, we have found that women who are older, they feel uh, more sexual confidence. And if we're thinking about our bodies at age, as far as sexual objectivity, people's attractiveness tend to change in a sense that, you know, breasts become more less firm or our, our body gets heavier, but people, people feel more confidence because they have more experiences and they know what they like. So it's not, again, it's not about what shape you are. It's a matter of the story that you're telling yourself. And that is very unfortunate. 
because as you know, our media constantly uh, want to sell things to us and makes us feel worse. And I, I know the frustration that people experience when someone tells them, you got to feel good about your body and uh, the diets, stop dieting and all of that. Because I know it's not as easy as just someone saying that to you. And I know that you might not take me for my word, that things might not get better, even if you lose weight. So regardless of whether you are in the weight loss journey or not, whether you want to get surgery or not, it's important to do things right now in this moment to help you to feel better about your yourself and feel more sexy. So I encourage you to give this techniques and tips a chance, practice them. Uh, so you can at least, re- again, whether you want to make any changes in your lifestyle or not, feel better about your body right now. First thing I want to say that please, please throw away your old clothes that are not fitting. They're too small. You know, I work with lots of clients that they hold on to this old clothing or they they kept their size, uh, this lip dresses or different shirts because they used to be size small. And when they're wearing these clothing, they're tight. They make them feel like bad in their body, but they insist on keeping those clothing. A, some people, they feel they hate the idea of getting new clothing that are in bigger sizes. And the second part is they feel like, you know, they kind of giving up on themselves if they accept their new size. So it's none of these things. If you want to feel good about yourself, I highly encourage you to get the clothing that are fitting, that are nice, and that helps you feel better about yourself. So get rid of the old, old clothing. Other thing is buy sexy clothing. No matter uh, what size you are, you deserve to have nice things. You know, and and I know it's a quick kind of more on surface fixes, but I noticed that when some of my some of my clients that they are in a heavier weight now, they don't buy things that are nice for themselves. So um, stop buying clothing that's not working for you, and I encourage you to kind of do look online, get clothing that are fitting and are sexy and attractive, even if you're not wearing it in front of your partner. Because, you know, sexual confidence isn't something that you need a partner to give it to you or validate uh, in you. Most important thing is you're trying to help you cultivate that sexual confidence by yourself. The second thing, the second techniques I want to talk about as far as helping you with improving your self-image, I call it mirror exercise. So what happens, uh, I notice and I hear from many of my friends and colleagues and clients that, you know, when they get in front of the mirror, they start like noticing all the things that are wrong with them. And I know it's, it's hard to stop that chatter. So what I highly encourage you to do is I want you to have a pencil and paper ready. So whenever you're noticing, I want you to keep a a tab of how many issues you notice in front of the mirror. For example, saying, I hate my arms. My arms are too big. My thighs are huge. So for every negative thing that you notice, I want you to write three things that you like about yourself. For example, 
I don't, for example, if you just, if, when you say, you know, my arms are big, I want you to write down, I have nice lashes or I have beautiful lips or I like the, uh, the size of my wrist. So I want you to come up with a counter narrative when it comes to these things. And I know it's really, really hard. I do this exercise with my clients and I know at the beginning it takes lots of practice, but I want you to write three new things for every single negative things that you notice in the mirror. What you notice throughout the time, then the negative chatter gets less gets less visible and you feel better about yourself in front of the mirror. So that's a practice I want you to really give it a try. The other thing is I want you to keep in mind that beauty is in the eye of the beholder and you have to see yourself as beautiful before you can expect anyone else to see you as a beautiful person because if you don't like yourself, you're not going to carry yourself in the way that's confidence and that's you're not going to attract the partner that will see you sexy and desirable. So I want you to kind of like take time to practice these techniques. And, you know, sometimes our self-image and uh, our negative body image is more acute than we can address it through these exercises. But I want you to at least give this try, these techniques a try. And also, if you notice that you feel stuck, you can always go through a few sessions of therapy. There are therapists uh, like myself that are specialized in helping people with issues around self-image because sometimes what happens is these preoccupations with weight and shape is coming from dissatisfactions in other aspects of our lives. So with the help of therapists, you can change Uh, You can identify the source and change things in other aspects of your life that help you kind of reduce this kind of uh, focus on self, on body image. The other thing I wanted to, the second tip is modify your definition of great sex. What I noticed with my clients, most of them, they have such an unrealistic expectation when it comes to great sex, what, what is a great sex life? Many people, because we don't talk about it as much, the education they have is coming from media and watching porn. And they think unless they're feeling turned on all the time, unless they are able to climax with their partner every single time, or if unless they have this firm penis within few minutes of foreplay, their, their sex life is a failure or they're not having good enough sex. But what happens is it's super important to have realistic expectation of sex and what is a healthy sex life look like. Most people, they're not able to achieve orgasm every single time. Or, you know, sometimes sex can be great and wonderful. Some other times is kind of can be very average and the other times it might be kind of like you might have some issues you might not be able to reach orgasm or sex might not be as pleasurable for you because 
our sexual life is connected to other aspects of our life. So for example, if something going on, especially I see that with my female clients, if there's something going on in your relationship with your partner or you're struggling with depression or you had this horrible recent loss and you're grieving, of course, for a while, your sexual life might be might get impacted. So what I recommend to you to kind of really kind of think about what is the narrative you have around having a surrounding sex and what is a great sex life. And if if it is realistic or not, I want you to kind of do some research about it. And the other important things about that is don't focus on performance. Some people think about sex as an Olympic, uh, like an Olympic sport that you have to have uh, kind of this perfect body and a climax in this perfect amount of time and all of this. And they kind of get lost in what is the most important part of the sex, which is truly being present and showing up during the experience. Third tip that I want to talk about is people think about they don't know enough about sexual techniques. They feel like they struggle with lack of confidence because they feel like, you know, I don't have enough sex education. Depending on where you live in around the globe, because I know I have listeners from all around the around the uh, world. I know some countries are more open around their sexual education. For example, if you're living in the United States, probably and you're over 18 because you're listening to this podcast, you're, you pretty much know, know all you need to know around techniques of having sex. The biggest and most important part is, is your willingness to surround, surround yourself with, to another partner and immerse yourself in the interaction that you have with the other partner. It doesn't matter if your oral sex techniques are not the best or you, if you feel like, you know, one of the complaints that I hear from my clients that I'm having vanilla sex and I, my sex is boring. All that matters is that you show up to the experience and you have like the basic information that again, you can learn those information. You can listen to other episodes that we had in this show. There are books that I recommend at every episode. Our guests recommended at previous episodes that will help you to have basic information around techniques that you would need to have great sex. But again, similar to the previous tips, you don't need to tip that we talked about. You don't need to have this extraordinary skills to be good about, to be good at sex. It's just about the important part is the process and having open-mindedness. But if you are feeling that like you want to build on the skills, please not don't do it through porn. I'm not against porn, but it's like I'm, I'm saying, you know, I want to learn about how to have great marriage by watching this soap opera. You would probably laugh at that because soap operas are not kind of accurate depiction of what's going on in a marriage. The same with porn. You know, as we talked about it in the previous episodes, people take multiple shots during the, like when they're recording for porn, they use all sorts of props. And what you see is not oftentimes what's happening in the room. So again, there's nothing wrong if you're looking at porn for like the same way you would look at fiction. 
or like romantic comedy to get some excitement and amusement and kind of make your life exciting, but it's not sex education. Sex education can come from reading books. There are tons of great books in all languages. If there's a specific book that you would need around specific techniques, you can email me and I would be happy to give you a book recommendation if I know them. Or you can take classes. And I think if you're living in the United States, there are plenty of sex uh, sex coaches that they have classes. At times I take classes for just for fun. Um, a few years ago, I took this uh, bondage class, rope and bondage class. Not because I'm into rope and bondage. It, it was just fun class to take. And I think it's important to, if, if you want to spice things up, to take some classes for fun. Not necessarily just because you don't have the skills. It's just adding to your toolbox. But I don't think you would need this extraordinary techniques in order to have great sex. I have clients that they never taken any classes and, you know, they have still great sex after 40, 50 years of marriage. The other, uh, the other thing is you can always work with a sex therapist, sex coaches, if you want to learn specific techniques or you want to kind of get second opinion about different things. So that's another option. ASAC is an organization that you can find the list of the sex educators in all states in United in all states in the United States and across. I think they have some international listings. The other resource could be omgyes.com. I learned that in a sex therapy conference I take that I took a few months ago. This is a website that is educational and instructional websites about female sexuality. So it has lots of videos. It has real photos of female body parts because what happens is people get stuck on whether I have a right vulva shape, whether this is right. On, is the shape of my vulva okay? If my breast is okay, size of my nipple is okay. And they have tons of galleries of real images of real women that you can go ahead and there and check it. I think there is a fee associated with signing up for the website. I got free access because I'm an ASAC member and I'm not affiliated with them. So I just find the resource helpful. So that's something else you can look into. But I think the most important thing is learning through doing. So, you know, the more you talk to your partner about things you like and kind of be open-minded about the things he or she likes, you can improve your sexual techniques. And sometimes, you know, uh, you as a partner, you and your partner can come up with things that are exciting for you. So I think as long as you're taking a shot and practicing it and having good communication skill, it's more, more important than any other techniques that, that you can learn in internet. Tip number four that I wanted to talk about is making yourself pleasure as a priority. For most women and some men, it is important to cultivate sexual awareness and sexual pleasure. Culturally, we learn to suppress these parts of ourselves, and because of our religion, culture, women growing up in many cultures, even in the United States, we're taught that sex is a sin. You shouldn't think of good girls, don't think about sex. So we're kind of conditioned to suppress that part of ourselves. So what I'm going to talk about 
I know you might have some reaction about it. I know not that many women masturbate, but I think practicing masturbation would be a great way to help you cultivate kind of this sense of sexual confidence because it teaches you like what are some of the things that you like? What are some of the things that's exciting for you? And you can communicate that with your partner, even if you feel that you know, you don't like to masturbate, think about it as a practice for partner sex. Some people masturbate because they enjoy it, but some people, because they have issues around achieving orgasm, they use it as practice as a way for them to, to learn what works for them and what doesn't work. Even if you don't like practicing masturbation, you can start with kind of like mirror exercise that Many of you guys might have heard about it, that like looking to your, uh, looking at your genital using a mirror and kind of like looking at it, um, like the shape of it, the, the colors and all of that and explore it because that is something that many women, they haven't explored and kind of think about it. What does touch feel like? There are uh, meditations and mindfulness activities that will help you to kind of guide you through it. So I can leave a link to one of those meditations in the show notes. But I think, again, overall, the idea is for you to practice kind of like paying attention to your uh, sexual self, kind of noticing the times that you find uh, yourself sexually aroused. When I say that, many people say, you know, I never feel sexually aroused during the day. But don't think about it like, you know, like if it's a spectrum that zero is like no sexual desire and 10 is I'm about to climax. I don't talk about the times that you are at six or seven. I want to think about the times during the day that you notice that like the small sparks, like you are at number three or four. What are you doing? What are you thinking? What is the story that you're finding exciting? So I want you to really pay attention to that part of yourself. As a sex therapist, I find uh, masturbation as an essential way for helping you with sexual confidence. But again, if you're not into, kind of it's hard for you to masturbate because of any, any biases, stories that you're telling yourself, a mirror exercise could be a good way to help you be more comfortable about it. The other thing is that I say, like after you do the mirror exercise, you can kind of develop this ritual that you're exploring your body. For example, some people explore their body after they take a bath. So I guess the idea is kind of like give yourself like five to 10 minutes and kind of apply oil and massage uh, your erogenous zone of your body and kind of notice what are you feeling, kind of being curious about different sensations and kind of what, what touch feels good, what kind of touches are feel good and what, what kind of touches are, doesn't necessarily are neutral and what kind of touches you don't like. So it would be, again, the goal is not for you to climax or feel sexually aroused. It was just like being curious and uh, paying attention to your body in a way it could be a erotic meditation, but kind of have some kind of ritual during the day that help you to connect with your body. Last tip that I'm going to talk to you guys about, tip number five is exercise or what we call in eating disorder community movement. 
in the study, and I put a link in the show notes, that higher exercise in the study was associated with better sexual function score and helped with reducing sexual erectile dysfunction. And the way it works, it doesn't mean that like you're exercising, you're, then you lose weight. That will help you to feel better about your body. Therefore, you have better sex life. The movement can help you with increasing your feel-good hormones in your body and it can help you with feeling better all around. So that's how it can be helpful with you feeling better uh, sexually as well. And my recommendation is kind of start small. Start with taking small steps because most people, when it comes with coming up with the goals, uh, when it comes to exercise, they feel defeated because what happens they if they're kind of like they are not they haven't been exercising for ages. I get it all the time from my clients that I was I was a cyclist in my twenties or I was a runner in my twenties, and now she or he is in fifties or sixties, and they kind of think about they assume they need to be the place that they they were thirty years ago or twenty years ago. I want you to set up with a goal for exercise that's achievable and something that you will be able to commit. For example, knowing my schedule, I wouldn't be able to run an hour five times per week. My recommendation is to start with something like as small as 15 minutes per day right after when you wake up. Something that helps you with, to set you up for success. And that can help you feeling better about your yourself and that can improve your uh, sexual functioning anyhow that but these are these were some of the tips that I have that hopefully will help you with improving your uh, sexual confidence if you have a technique that tip that works for you you can send it to our social media I, I leave a link in the show notes to our various social media uh, accounts. And also, if you like to explore any of these things, you can book an appointment with me. My uh, practice number is 310-600-9912. Or you can find the link into my email at sexologypodcast.com. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.